Hey, hey, hey. What's up, my good people? What's up, my good people? Good morning, afternoon, or evening, good people. Wherever you are and however you are listening to the sound of my voice, thank you, thank you for the ear. I'm Dave, and this is Dave's Head. Welcome. So what's in my head? I think you have to be oblivious to the world, or at least the world that we're living in right now, to not have COVID-19 pandemic as the thing that's sitting in the front of my head. As of this very moment, the latest information, 1.26 million cases, 74,577 lives lost as of this very moment. This uh, global pandemic is, I think, easily, at least for my generation and definitely for the generation after me of high schoolers set to graduate or in a non-traditional way of graduation. This global pandemic has to be the most troubling thing we've ever lived through. And I hope and wish that everyone under the sound of my voice does live through this. But there's, there's a troubling thing with coronavirus. And, you know, we're surrounded... 24 hours a day, seven days a week by information, whether it be through social media, the news, government. And I'm a very fact-based person. X's and O's, white and black. Not much gray. Or room for gray, I should say. And from the very start, some people believed, maybe still believe, that this was not a big deal. That this was the flu. As you heard, some people say this is nothing more than the flu. From government, this is nothing but the flu. Let me tell you what the CDC says about the flu. Estimates for the last flu season, the number of people killed in the United States from the flu, between, and this is a, Wide number, and if you understand the reasons why the number is so wide, um, I'm not going to get into that. It's, it's a science thing. But 26,339 to 52,664. Let's, let's, let's talk about the max number there. 52,664 is the estimate for the number of people who lost their life to the flu last flu season. This is not the flu. And it's important that people of intelligent mind stop comparing it to the flu. You can get a shot for the flu. It's somewhere between 40 and 50% effective, but you can still get a shot for it to help your body deal with the flu invading your body. There's no shot for the coronavirus. 52,664 people die from the flu every year. 74,577 have died in less than half a year from the coronavirus. They are not the same. And it's important that 
as we get through this, and at least the way I think, that we have to look at things beyond the glass that contains ourself. It has to be a little bigger than just us. The safety of our family, the safety of our friends, the safety of our neighbors, the safety of frontline workers that we're going to get to in a second. It has to be bigger than just us. There's a lot of people going through a lot of stuff. And we'll talk a little bit about unemployment a little bit. But there's a lot of people struggling out there, not dealing with the medical side of this, the financial side, the mental side, because people forget there are a lot of people who suffer from anxiety on a regular day in a regular world with no pandemic going on. Who at the time that I'm recording this. Are losing sleep because they can't slow their minds down enough because of this pandemic. And so we got to get. At least it's my hope that at some point the page might turn in this country. In this country, I'm talking about the United States, obviously. But the page might turn where we get over the hump of just being, in all honesty, selfish. It's about me. It's about my rights. It's about what I want to do. And trust me, I get it. There's a lot of people out of work right now. And we'll get into those numbers in a little bit as well. There's more of an impact on this entire country medically from people being cavalier and selfish. And so when we look at the difference and compare and contrast, contrast, excuse me, lockdowns and patriots. There's this this growing notion out there that if you are complicit with these restrictions that our local and state governments and national government are putting on us that you are somehow not a patriot. That the patriots are the ones endangering those officers in the Capitol buildings when they storm in there with their guns. Screaming without mass in the face of officers. Because blue lives used to matter, but I guess they don't. On that particular day. We all have rights. Inalienable rights, I believe is the term. Inalienable rights. But I have the right to not be endangered by people who simply just want to go outside. I posted a week or two ago on social media. That there are 100, 100, 100 companies hiring for stay-at-home, work-from-home positions. 100. And I'll be happy to share that again. 100 companies. If you have a computer and internet, which a grand percentage of people in this country do, you don't necessarily have to go outside to make money. Now, I get that there's a huge segment of people in this country who lost their job or had the hours reduced to the point where they really aren't bringing in money anymore, who absolutely need this situation to end as soon as possible so they can get back to work, so they can feed their family. And those people I empathize with. 
I don't empathize with people who simply just want to go outside because they're, they're tired of being inside. I don't empathize with people who want to make this about something political in the Constitution. This is a medical crisis, a global pandemic, not a city pandemic, not a state pandemic, not a country pandemic, not even a hemisphere pandemic, a global pandemic. And whatever caused this virus to be created, whether it be man-made, whether it be an accident, whether it be intentional, we all have to deal with it now. We all do. And so far, the best way to deal with this is to minimize the contact that we have with each other. Now, if those officers who were in that Capitol building defending that building from looters, protesters, thugs, depends on how you want to characterize it, right? Depends what news network is characterizing them. If those officers get sick because somebody in that crowd who's screaming in their face and it's kind of hard to scream without spitting, in case you don't know. If they come down with COVID-19, then what? If there are people who didn't have it, that were congregating that building and somebody did have it and they come down with it, then what? It's got to be bigger than you. And any people who infect somebody else in that crowd, they're going to go where? To the hospital. And put the frontliners in even more danger. Greater danger. And our frontliners are our heroes. They don't deserve any more threat to their life than they deal with every single second of every day. You've seen the stories. You've seen the videos. You've seen the pictures. These are true warriors. These are true heroes. And they deserve, number one, the protection, which we can talk about that for a second. The fact that they're fighting for protection is disgusting. Whether it be masks, gloves, full cover, gear, everything. The the ball is dropped. Let's be 100% clear about that. However high you want to take it, I've always been of the opinion that it starts at the top. I know if a team I manage has a failure, it's going to come back to me. If I'm managing a city, if I'm managing a state, if I'm managing a country, it's going to come to the person who's managing on that level where the failure occurred. And the ball was dropped. And so now, let's pick the ball up and get this fixed. Let's do what we need to and remove the politics and the kissing of the ring and all this other stuff that's going on right now, which is absolutely disgusting and annoying. And once all this is done, once all this eventually goes away, which it will at some point, one way or another, either the virus will die off or all of humanity will die off. I mean, there's, there's kind of no in between here. At some point, one of those two things needs to cease to exist. We're going to be in a new world. We're going to be in a work from home, spending more time with our family. And even think about this skill sets for jobs are going to change. 
there may not be a need to look at employment the same way. You don't need brick and mortar buildings everywhere. That costs money and maintenance, right? And so companies may see this as an opportunity to promote a lot of positions that were brick and mortar positions. And so one of the things I've been thinking about and trying to encourage people to do is there's a lot of free training going on online. Schools are advertising online training. Companies are advertising a lot of free opportunities to get a different skill set under your belt. I mean, just think about just this is not the 40s and 50s and 60s and maybe the 70s and probably the 80s, too, where you had our parents or their parents our aunts and uncles who worked for the same company for 30, 40, 50 years. My dad worked at the same place for 32 years. We're in a different time where us Gen X, Y, Z's, whatever the heck we are, are changing companies every couple of years. And so this opportunity, if we can take this huge negative and try to make something positive out of it, it's an opportunity to gain a new skill set that you perhaps can use at either your company where you're at now or a new company. Or if you're not even working in that field or if you're unemployed even before this happened, it might be an opportunity to get a skill set to get you into a career. And so that's one thing I've been encouraging people I've talked to, whether I mentor them or we're just having a conversation, use this opportunity to do something positive. All right. I started a hashtag right when it first started, Corona coping. And at the at the time, I, I don't believe I saw it anywhere. So I'm going to I'm going to take credit for it. I'm going to say I started the hashtag because when you put in a hashtag on Instagram, and it says zero uses or zero hits or whatever the, the terminology is. That Instagram says I take that as I started it. Sounds right with me. So part of all this Corona coping, there, there's a couple things that I've either done myself or I've seen or heard people do. And one of them is working out, started a whole workout program, um, came up with some exercise. I got it printed on the wall, ready to rock and roll on Tuesdays and Thursdays is when I'm supposed to do them. Now, have I done them every week, Tuesday and Thursday? No, but I've, I've been trying to maintain and try to build up to a steady pattern where Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday are my workout days. Wednesdays, I fast Tuesdays, Taco Tuesday. So nothing healthy is happening that day, but with the exception of working out, um, Working out and speaking of Taco Tuesday, cooking. Now, I love to cook. I do. I've done a tremendous amount of cooking, more than I've ever done at any six-month stretch. If you want to bucket into six-month stretches, I've done more cooking in the last six months than probably the last six years as far as like average per week, number of times I've cooked. I am a Taco Tuesday sitting at my favorite bar having some great food and, and, and jalapeno margaritas type of guy. I'm a sushi going out on Fridays. I'm a steak every couple of weeks type of guy. But obviously that's not happening. So I'm cooking a lot more. I've cooked more tacos. Look, I've made more tacos. I, and I had a a pretty nice taco I made yesterday or a day before yesterday, I guess now. For Taco Tuesday slash Cinco de Mayo. Which I like to call the leap year for taco Tuesday. Like it's, it's, it's once and I can even tell you last time Cinco de Mayo fell on a Tuesday. Now it might've been last year, but I doubt it, but I couldn't tell you the last time, at least since I've gotten this huge love for tacos. 
So a lot, a lot more cooking, a lot more working out. Housework. So what I've also found, this has provided an opportunity to catch up on little things here and there that you've kind of just walked by every day in a house just because, you know, you didn't have the time, you weren't home that much, you're ripping and running, doing all these things. These Now there's been time because we've been in the house so much, spending it with our families and spending it with ourselves if you don't have a family. But the little things, little paint jobs here and there, dirt on the floor. I've cleaned my floors. I'm actually going to steam clean my floors probably next week or the week after. You know, I've kind of made a list of things I just kind of want to catch up on doing, you know, a little maintenance around the house, changing outlets, switches, that type of thing. But one of the cool things I think that's come from this is, you know, Netflix and chill was a thing way before coronavirus, but now it's kind of, it's kind of morphed into that's our date night, virtual dates, virtual happy hours. And if, you know, you're, you're fortunate enough, and I call it fortunate, I know some people may get sick of their families or, or sick of their children. I've seen so many people complaining about teaching their children, saying teachers are so underpaid because, woo, you were right about my child. However, virtual dates and virtual happy hours are kind of cool, right? They're kind of a cool thing. You know, being able to sit and... I would encourage you to look up Netflix party. I think is a website where you can actually you and your partner, you and your friends, whoever can all log into that website through your Netflix account. You have to have a Netflix account and basically watch a movie together and the website will sync the movie for you. So everybody's watching at the same time. Now for what I do know about it, I believe it's a Google Chrome um, extension only. So it only works in Google Chrome. Um, but it's a pretty cool thing if you have a couple friends or, you know, you and your girl are doing long distance or you and your significant other, I should say, are doing long distance. And you want to have, you know, both get a glass of wine, some cheese, some chips, crackers, whatever, and sit there and watch a nice romantic movie together. It's kind of cool, I think. Now, virtual happy hours are quite interesting because I've done one with my um my company that I work for, I've done them with friends. I've done it with my fraternity organization, my chapter. It's, it's interesting because virtual happy hours, you get to see the the lighter side of people. You know, there, there's not a lot of people that I work with that I get to see them sitting there drinking a beer on their couch. Don't get that opportunity that often, if at all, you know, so you used to seeing somebody, not saying that people I work with are stiff, but you know, you get to see somebody loosen up in their own comfortable environment and you get a lot of things out of them. You just didn't expect, you know, whether it be profanity or just, you know, way they talk or how they carry themselves when they're not in the nine to five environment and setting. It's very, it's very interesting to be in that virtual happy hour space with somebody. And it's, it's very much different than when you're at a bar type of happy hour, when you go out with your team or coworkers, because you know, in that space, there's still some people who don't really talk and communicate that well in, in public spaces or a bunch of, around a bunch of people. Whereas virtual happy hours, you know, it always seems to be to me that somebody gets called out. You know, hey, Dave, you're not talking much. What's going on with you? How are you doing? That kind of sparks that conversation. And so, you know, virtual happy hours are kind of kind of cool. I think, and I think it might be something, especially if you think about reconnecting with people that you may not be in the same city with, 
But now this opportunity, because we're all locked down, we're all stuck at home for the most part, except grocery shopping or taking care of relatives that you may now be able to see and hang out with because of the Skypes and the house party apps and, and all the other apps that are out there for, you know, communicating with groups online. And it, it allows you that opportunity, especially when you look at long distance relationships and long distance friendships, it gives that, that avenue. And it's one of the positive things that's kind of come out of this coronavirus thing, reconnecting with people you just may not even have seen in person in a long time, which is really, really, really kind of cool. I'm a single man, no children, many godchildren, but so I don't have the experience of being kind of stuck at home. Like some people are saying, not really stuck, but, you know, quarantined at home with uh, or not even quarantined, but just locked down now. You, you get the point with my family. And so one of the other cool things I think has come from this experience is that there are people, you know, two parent homes where, you know, the kids may come and go. One parent's doing soccer, one parent's doing this. You know, they, they don't really get to spend a lot of quality time together, except maybe weekends or family trips and that type of thing. But now that everybody's home, you have that opportunity to bond with your sons, your daughters, your wives, your husbands. And it's kind of cool because I've seen um, on a response to a post that I did a couple of weeks ago, I asked, uh, I believe the question was, what have you gained since this coronavirus thing started. And a lot of people went directly to the response I thought they would say, which was wait. But a couple of people posted that they they had an opportunity to bond with their family. And I, I believe one guy uh, commented that he had developed, you know, a connection with his son that he, he was proud of. And that's, that's so cool that this type of stuff is occurring amongst all the noise and the negativity that's out there. A lot of people are rebuilding or further reinforcing some really really good relationships because we're all you know we're stuck together well not we because i don't have a family but um they're reinforcing and building these relationships because they have this time together and i think that's a beautiful thing i think it's one of those things where this is going to be such a good thing for some people who are on shaky ground very very shaky ground you're gonna have wives and husbands who were really on shaky ground but this opportunity and, and the seriousness and the, and the life changingness of what's going on right now is going to reinforce that marriage, reinforce those vows and that bond that they once had before. And they thought they had lost it. But now these last I don't even know how many weeks, I don't even know what day it is half the time. But the last you know amount of time they've been together has really helped their marriage or relationship, their father son relationship, mother, daughter, parent, child, however you want to put it really allowed them to take this opportunity and grow from it. And that's really, really the cool thing about all this. So those are the things that are on my mind right now. You know, dealing with the coronavirus and, and all the things that are going on with it, there's a lot of negativity. You can look at the infection rates, cases. You can look at the death numbers. And those are some serious, serious, serious things negative things related to this, but there's some positives out there coming up. We're going to talk to a great, great man, professional finance guy, father, good man. We're going to talk to him 
about some really good financial information. I promise you he's got some good gems for you related to finance and as it relates to not only this coronavirus and the way what we're dealing with now financially, but after this thing is over. So stay tuned. We're going to take a quick break and come right back after these words. All right, cool. So we're back and it's time to shift a little bit of the conversation over to money because money is important. Money matters to every single person. Uh, at least I think so. Um, just talking about money. So Friday, the, the April jobs report comes out and from the Labor Department and they're talking about possibly upwards of 22 million people who've lost their job in the last month, which is a ridiculous number. Um, for anybody that doesn't know, like how this, this unemployment rate percentage thing is, is calculated, I actually looked it up. Um, so basically it's a survey of like 60,000 households, um, and they collect labor stats, roughly a hundred thousand people that they ask basically, are you working? Are you looking for work? Are you laid off? Like what's your work status? So it's not really a big portion of the country that they, they, uh, sample. It's kind of like the Nielsen ratings, right? You don't have everybody sitting there in their house you know, telling Nielsen that they're watching something. And the way Nielsen works is actually there are people who tell Nielsen what they're watching. They kind of roll it up to be a percentage that supposed to reflect the entire country. Um, but yeah, so the way this, this calculation works, it's employee unemployment number is always a good thing. The presidents like to have, you know, I want to keep the employment number down or it's going up. You know, things are bad stock market, different ways that they use to calculate what they figure is a quote unquote good economy. Just to uh, put in perspective real quick, so 22 million jobs are saying possibly lost in the last month. At the worst part of the last recession, there was 800,000 jobs lost in a month. So we're way, way, way over that. But I want to bring in somebody, a good friend of mine, who happens to be my financial planner. Um, he is a wealth manager, 2019 five-star wealth manager, which I'm sure he'll explain to you what that is. Um, father, behavioral coach, financial planner. And unfortunately, a proud Penn Stater, um, which I'm sure he'll he'll get some time in talking about that as well. Uh, Want to introduce you to Ty McGillberry. How's it going, Ty? I'm good. How about yourself? Good. I'm good. I'm I'm staying uh, focused and trying not to go insane, stuck in a house, as we all been doing. So, just uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, if you want to fire off some stuff, uh, just to let people know that what your expertise is. We're about to talk about. Well, you know, for me, it's been a long journey, but the last six years or so, I've really been focused on how to help others achieve their goals. And so sometimes, you know, we have to just address the fact that we're living in strange times. You know, it's scary out there. You know, we have emotions and those emotions can impact what we do with our money, but it can also impact how we treat our health, how we have our relationships with other people. And so how do you make sure that you understand who you are and how it's impacting things? And sometimes you need help. So that's where I come in. You know, I help people with their health, their wealth, and their relationships with other people. Because if you can get those right, it doesn't matter how much you make, you can have a successful life. Very nice, very nice. And helping people and giving back is always a great thing. Um, so 
what do you say about four or five years? I don't even know how long it's been since you, you've helped me sort of kind of get on the path. You probably want me to still eat out less, but um, you know, Taco <laughs> Tuesday comes. Well, around Taco week, Tuesdays. So. Yeah, exactly. But it's it's been what five six years? I don't even know. It's been a while. Yeah, because we've known each other longer than that. So I it, I don't even know. Um, so at least been five six years. Got you. And I'll give you a second just to talk about Penn State if you want to. Listen, I just hope we have a football season. Whether it's Penn State or pros, as long as we have a football season, everything else will be good, you know. Yeah, maybe some year you'll get the heart to come down to Alabama, play some football. No, that's not going to happen. If they go to Alabama, they're playing like Alabama State. Ooh, gotcha. All right, so let's, let's get into it. So, what I want to have you on for is to kind of talk to people about um, ways they can, in this pandemic, the situation we're in now, best keep their money, make their money, save their money, however they want to do this. So I'm going to just fire off a couple of questions. Um, so first, talk about what you would consider the best financial move to make right now during this pandemic. So that's a tricky question. So because everybody is different. So what I would say is if you haven't used these last six to eight weeks to figure out where you're at and where you're trying to go, then you can't say that you didn't have time to do it before. You know, we've been quarantined and whether you have kids or don't have kids, it's not like we were all hanging out. And so, so often I hear from people before the pandemic, oh, I'll get to this when I have more time. I'll do that when I have more time. You just had all the time in the world. So if you're still not getting organized and figuring out where you're at, then the first thing you need to do is take a deep breath and realize, stop lying to yourself and get organized because that's where it all starts. Gotcha. So get organized as far as, you know, what your bills are, what your debt is, that type of stuff. So it's one of those things I've asked people, do you know how much money that goes into your bank account every week or every two weeks, depending on how often you get paid. And I've had tell people tell me down to 12 cents, how much money goes into their account every two weeks. And then I asked them, Hey, so how much money leaves your account over the course of the month? And I've not yet to meet a person who's been able to answer that question at the same level of accuracy. You know, they'll have an idea. They'll have general thoughts of, well, these are the expenses that I know. Well, they might have a spreadsheet and the spreadsheet might be pretty good, but it still doesn't capture a lot of things in some ways because it might miss Taco Tuesdays. It might miss, you know, Free Willy Wednesday. I don't know. (laughs) You know, it's people out there spending money on all types of stuff, you know. And so you right have to be I honest. Have, I want to say I have like three or four apps on my phone that tell me where my money go at any given time. <laughs> and so, and even then you bring up a good point. So people have all these apps, but it's not information that we need anymore. It's how do you implement the information that you're getting? Because too much information, you just start ignoring it. You know, That's kind of what I do. It, it's like the people who set up budget alerts. And then they know they're going over their budget and they just ignore the alert from then on. (laughs) It's like you didn't stop spending. You just 
kept going. You just swiped away. <laughs> swiped away to alert. Exactly. Yeah. Especially with one click Amazon purchases, you were like, click. I have a very Stuff shows love, up love in relationship with Amazon. 24 to 48 hours. Yeah. And I got an Amazon locker two minutes away from me that's constantly in use. It's, it's bad, I'm telling you. <laughs> All right, so 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 good advice. So second question, with this pandemic in mind, save now or pay down debt now? If you have the available funds. If you have the available funds, you should have a system in place for how to make that decision. So the system I teach is a rule of 8%. And what I tell people is, if your interest rates are over 8%, most of the time these are gonna be credit cards, personal loans, stuff like that. You should be putting extra money towards those. If your loans and credits are less than 8%, so car payments, mortgages, um, student loans, it's better for you to take any extra money and invest that. And the reason is that over a 10-year period of time, you should be getting 8 to 10% on your money if you're invested in the stock market. So if you're going to get 10% just to save yourself three, what's a better use of your money? Because if you give it to the credit card company or not the credit card company, because that's a bad example. But if you like, I run into a lot of people who want to pay down their mortgage really fast to save themselves two years on the back end. All right. So you saved yourself two years on the back end and saved yourself 3%, but you gave up 7% that could have been in your pocket on that same money. So, you know, you really have to think about what is the debt that you're talking about and is it beneficial to you or is it beneficial to the bank for you to pay this down? And if the answer is the bank, then you should keep your money. Gotcha. So 8% is the, the line of drawing, the draw on the, uh, on the debt. So, so we all at some point in our lives will cease to to live our families we hope are taken care of after we pass or you know the neighbor if we have no family life insurance is now a good time to buy if you don't have any is it a good time to increase coverage if you do have some life insurance what would you say about life insurance right now what i would say is that it the best time to buy life insurance is when you're young and healthy the younger you are the cheaper it is, regardless of the type. And when it comes to timing, if you have a family and kids and all these responsibilities and don't have life insurance, then I want to know how much you love your family. <laughs> and not because I sell it or anything like that, because that's not the point. You know, I've had people straight look me in the eye and tell me, I don't need life insurance. I won't be here anymore. It's like, yes, you won't be here. But what about the family that you leave behind? Who's going to pay for your funeral? Oh, I'll just be cremated. Just because you have a cremation doesn't make it cheaper. You know, do you want a funeral? Oh, no, I don't need a funeral. Well, does your family want a funeral? Because if they want a funeral, somebody has to pay for it. And too often I've seen families who have gone into major debt because they end up having to put everything on their credit cards spread out over, you know, multiple family members, all because the person decided that they didn't need it or it was a scam or something like that. And I'm like, 
you can't go and die and they come back and be like, you know what? I should have left something. <laughs> you know, like, right. It's like insurance. Yes. It's a pain in the butt. It's there for in case stuff happens. But when ha- stuff happens, it it's handy. Yeah. You insure your car. Well, most of us legally drive and insure our car. But the only thing that's definitely going to happen is we're all going to die. You know, life is fatal in all known cases. It's <laughs> yeah, <that's, that's laughs> so, so what you know, about take care if, of your if you family. have insurance? Is this a good time to say somebody's got a hundred thousand dollar insurance policy mm-hmm. is now a good time. Do, you, do, do the rates look promising where somebody right now can say, you know what, let me double that. Let me triple that. So the rates are all on each individual person. It has nothing to do with the market or anything like that because they use actuarial tables that say based on your age, your healthiness, this is how long we project you to live. And so if you can afford it, you know, then you start looking into the types of insurance, whether you get a permanent life insurance policy that has both living and death benefits, or you get yourself a term policy. And while I kind of throw that out there, the most important thing is what is it that your family would need if you were no longer there? Because if you're single with no kids, no spouse, you know, <clears throat> and just want to make sure that, you know, you can have a good funeral and maybe leave something to whoever is still important to you in your life, then $100,000 might be all you need. But if you have two kids who you would want them to go to college, well, if the kid, and this is where you'll get your plug that you wanted earlier, <laughs> if you live in Pennsylvania, and want your kids to go to college depending on the age of that kid if the kid is under i think it's 10 years old right now four years at penn state is going to cost you almost two hundred thousand dollars so if you don't have at least two hundred thousand dollars to send one of your two kids to college that's not going to happen if you're married and have a three hundred thousand dollar mortgage and you can't live on in that house without your spouse's support, and they can't live in that house without your support, then you're going to want money to pay off that mortgage. So now all of a sudden you start to look at what's all the things that I'm going to need if I'm no longer around or my spouse is no longer around. And that's how you start to really figure out what you should have. But if your mentality is, I won't be here or um, one of the other ones I like to hear is, Oh, well, God will just provide. <laughs> I'm like, well, who do you think told me to sit here and tell you that you need to do this stuff? Because when you're not here, your family and people can only help so much. Yeah. And too often you see, I mean, especially now, you know, people aren't even able to have funerals and we're seeing how that is impacting the masses and it's not because they couldn't afford it or anything like that it's just because we're under these quarantine rules mm-hmm. now imagine if everybody started doing that because they're like you know what i don't need insurance so we just get rid of funerals how are families going to mourn what kind of relationship are you leaving behind 
because you didn't want to spend money. Yeah, and and to me, life insurance goes way beyond just the the financial gift that you're leaving your family. It's that peace of mind. Right. It's and I kind of ask people up front. It's like, so if something was to happen to you, do you want your kids to stay in the same house that they're growing up in? To stay where they're at in their school? Do you want them to be able to spend this time while they mourn you with their friends and family without having to think, oh my God, mom's talking about losing the house. We're going to have to move. I move and all of a sudden my kids don't have the same friends. They have to start all over. They've lost you. So now they're losing you. They're losing the friend group. They're losing the teachers that they might like. They're losing that room that they may like. You know, it's a triple down effect. And so that's why I'm always talking about, it's not just about the money like you brought up. It's about what relationship do you have with the people that you say you love? And how do you want to provide for them both in your life and afterwards? You know, and there's ways to achieve all of that. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. So one last question uh, for this segment. So what good financial tip can you give people after we come out of this pandemic? So we're back to and I'm using air quotes, that normal life that we all see Mm -hmm. right now. We're back to that normalcy. What one financial tip? Because, you know, people are going to come out. They're going to go get tacos like me and sushi because I was just talking about sushi about an hour ago. I really just could use some sushi right now. But, you know, we're going to come out. We're going to be back to social distancing. is going to be out the door. We're going to be at bars and clubs and shopping and malls and all this stuff traveling again. But that all costs money, right? So mm-hmm. what one tip would you give people to either do or not do once we come out of this pandemic? So if if I could have everybody follow one tip, it would be to try to live off of one income. Now, it's not something that you're able to do overnight. And it might not be something that you're able to do if you live paycheck to paycheck. But the more money you make, not to quote Biggie, but the more problems you have. Mm-hmm. And I've had clients that have never made over $50,000 in their life who are able to retire at 55, travel the world during retirement, and not worry about anything. And I've had clients who mix well into six figures who don't have two pennies to rub together. So it's not about how much money you make. It's about how you use the money that you're making. So if I could have everybody just live off of half of what they bring in as a household, you'll never have a problem in life. You'll be able to do most of the things that you want to do. You just have to plan for it, you know? If you need to deactivate that one-click Amazon button, deactivate that one-click Amazon button. I need to delete my whole damn account. That's what I need to do. (laughs) You know? And the other thing I would add to that is it's an old rule that they used to say, like our grandmother and grandfathers used to say it for us who are, you know, Gen Xers, is sleep on it. If you don't need it right then and there, it's not an emergency sleep on it because what you'll find is if you're standing in Best Buy looking at that new TV and you don't need it because your screen's broken, you know, one of the, well, we don't have TV bulbs anymore, but maybe one of the diodes went away, then go home, 
walk out of the store without buying it. Give it 24 hours and you'll be surprised. What's so difficult too is, you know, there's a percentage of people who they can only shop in malls. They can only go to the store. And then there's people like me who I can just look something up on Google or go to Amazon, find what I'm looking for, buy it in less than 10 minutes. You know, what's difficult as far as the walk away analogy is difficult to put that phone down or get up out my seat, walk away from the computer mm-hmm. because it takes two seconds to buy something. And it takes however long it takes for somebody to put it on a truck and get it to my house. That I don't see any of that stuff. I don't even see the money come out of my account <laughs> because literally I'm putting the button, pushing the button and boom, two days, three days later, I have it in my hand. True. Yeah. So it's one of those things. It's. And that's why I like to figure out when I'm talking to people, how quickly is it that you take action? Are you the type of person who you're kind of like, I need to think about this. I'm going to just try and either get all the information as possible or, you know, are you a risk taker? Are you like, hey, I don't need to wait on this. I'm going to make the decision right now. I'm not going to procrastinate. I'm ready to go. And. You know, a lot of people who I know who like to gamble tend to be on that higher spectrum of, no, I'm just going to go. Yep. And I'm not calling you a gambler, cause, but you did play defensive back. So you have to be a little bit of a gambler Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you're playing defensive memory back. Too. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's like, all right, I push that button. I don't need to think about that until it arrives. <laughs> I do. I do find that when I'm computer shopping, we'll call it phone shopping, who knows? that if I take too long looking at something, I don't buy it. Yeah. But if I know exactly what I want, I do my research and then I go to Amazon or wherever I, I click, I look at reviews. I have the same pattern. Click, look at reviews. If I see like 10 bad reviews, I just don't buy it. But if I see like one bad review and then it's something stupid, I'm like, all right, good. Click add to cart. <laughs> Done. Go back to eating yeah. chips and drinking beer. Like, yeah, so for you, maybe it's to add the cart, wait 24 hours, <laughs> and come yeah. back to your cart. <laughs> oh, they remind you. They send you emails. Oh, you, did you want to Oh, I know they do. <laughs> like, can we take And then they please? do that other thing that Amazon does where they're like, there's only three left. Act now. Meanwhile, they have a whole warehouse full of them, but they know that that little trick ha- makes people think that there's scarcity, and then they're like, <laughs> and they raise the prices on you when they do that. That's the track. The, yeah. Somebody somewhere did somebody somewhere did analysis that says if we add this one message that there's four or five left, we get a two percent bump in sales. Mm -hmm. Somewhere. All right, and they're willing to pay extra for it. Oh yeah, that see it's a prime delivery. That's really what it is. It's that you can click something and in some cases, if it's in a warehouse closest to you, you'll get it the same night. I mean, who? Mm-hmm. you don't have to get in your car. You don't have to drive. You don't have to lug it in from the store to your car, car to house. It's, you know, it's, it's convenience. We're all about convenience. I hear you. All right. So we're going to do something I call first thoughts. I'm going to throw some words or phrases at you. And obviously, they're dealing with finances, but um, just shoot. Uh, the hey, first you can thing throw anything at me. Go for it. Huh? I said, you can throw anything at me. Go ahead. All right. Cool. So first one, bankruptcy. It's a good tool. You know, if you need to use it, use it. It's not something to be, um, don't be too proud to ask for help. And the rule is out there. The laws are out there. If you need it, use it. All right. All right. Debt consolidation loan. 
depending on the circumstances, it's another great tool. Um, <clears throat> you don't want to take and consolidate maybe low interest rates into a higher interest rate. But if you do it wisely, like if you can transfer everything to a zero interest card, transfer that sucker, pay it off before the promotional period. You'll be fine. You know, I'm, my mother was a big believer in zero interest transfers. You know, she mastered that in the early 2000s. But yeah, but and then don't take an unsecured debt and like put it under your house or anything like that. Like, no, don't ever do that. Don't take out a home equity line of credit on your home to pay off a credit card. So that was actually my next uh, phrase, which is home equity loans or lines of credit. They can be good and they can be bad. You know, it all depends on why you're using them. A lot of them are tied to the prime interest rate that's set by the federal government. So right now, yeah, they're real cheap, but they tend to be variable interest rates. So if the Fed starts raising rates, all of a sudden you're going to see that loan blow up on you. So you're going to be thinking, and it's kind of like what people got into in 2008. You know, you got this interest only low interest rate loan. Yeah. And then next thing you know, that thing jumps up to 8% on you. Your payment just doubled. And all of a sudden you're like, oh man, I can't afford this. So if you're going to use it, you don't use it to send your kids to college, to buy a car or, you know, pay off credit cards or anything like that. Use it for if you're fixing your home, you know going to add value to the home something yeah, like that something that adds value yeah all right so speaking of value up and down 401k if you ain't getting at least the company match you're a fool because if the company's going to give you four percent even if the market's down you got four percent return on your money before anything else so if the market is down by 4%, you find that you break even. <laughs> if the market's up by 4%, your account's up by 8%. So if your company is matching, don't ever do less than a match. Yeah, what I did but with... But uh... don't, don't anticipate that that's going to be the only thing that's going to allow you to retire. If you're doing 2 to 3%, you're not going to be able to retire. Yeah, what I did with my company, I actually, so they matched uh, 8%, I think it is, and I actually contribute 10 just because I like to throw something extra in there. But, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I definitely agree. If your company's going to match anything, <laughs> take it. Right. There, I mean, there are people who actually opt out of 401ks, which I don't understand. I worked with 401k participants for two and a half years. I worked with the 401k providers for three and a half years. And I can tell you, there's no rhyme or reason to people who decide to opt out besides that they don't understand what they're doing and why they're doing it. And they don't have a desire to find out why. And so it's, you know, cause if someone just says, Oh, we're just going to put this money in this account for you. You look at it as, well, you're just taking my money. Well, no, we're, we're trying to help you. But if you don't see it that way and no one's explained to you the benefits, you'll just be like, ah, well, <laughs> give me my money back. Yeah. And on that note, too, so loans against 401ks. Yeah. Don't ever do it. 
<laughs> unless <laughs> unless you are in a dire situation, like this is the only thing that's going to help you float through the next month or a half or so. Don't do it. And the reason is, so you take the money out, it comes out to you with no taxes. So great. They tell you it's like borrowing your own money and paying yourself interest rates. But you take this money out and then when you go to pay it back, you pay it back with money that you pay taxes on. So yeah, you might have gotten 5% interest on this loan, but you paid it back with money that you had to pay taxes on. And then when you take it out a second time in retirement, you have to pay taxes again a second time. The man always gets his. So not only are you paying taxes twice <laughs> on the same money, that little bit of interest that they said that you get to pay for yourself doesn't even come close to the amount of taxes both times that you had to pay to pay that back. And so they, they make it very hard for you to take money out of a 401k. Yeah, you have a loan, but you're only able to take out 50% of your balance up to $50,000. And it has to be paid back within five years unless you're buying it, using it for a home purchase. And then other than that, you need to have an economic hard rate or hardship in order to get the money out. Yeah. And that's not going to help most people since one of them was bankruptcy. And we saw in 2008, people were like, listen, I'm losing my home. And we'd be like, okay, well, based on IRS rules, unless you were literally in bankruptcy and the bank has sent you that letter, you can't take the money out. So you should have a built-in emergency fund. And your emergency, or your, IR, or your 401k is not an emergency fund. Your emergency fund should be something you can tap into that's in cash or something, non-retirement vehicle that allows you to, hey, stuff is hitting the fan. <laughs> so yeah. I'm trying not to curse on your show. You see what I'm doing? Oh, no. Shit's hitting the fan. <laughs> and so, you know, you just got to make sure that you're taking care of stuff. So it's all about planning ahead. Now, speaking of emergency fund, now I've heard six months of all your your responsibilities is a good time period or amount to have is that a good uh time so six months of all my bills and mortgage student loans everything i have to pay that i owe every month is that a good time frame or a good number you trying to make it sound like i'm going to contradict the advice i gave you <laughs> <laughs> i tried to sneak that in there <laughs> but yeah you should it depends on the person though so for most people six months is fine but if you are a business owner, I tend to recommend that you have 12 months, not just for you, but at least 12 months for your business also. Because if you run into a situation where we are in like right now, then even though your business is not operating and even though you might not be bringing an in income into your family, you know that you had that 12 month bucket and can withstand this kind of situation you know at no point have we ever had to do what we're doing now yeah and so hopefully this makes more people think about the emergency funds that they have and how to build that up as much as what shoes to buy to match this next 
outfit. I think the new Jordans are coming out. I heard something about that. This man has made more money in retirement than he ever did as an athlete. Yeah. Yeah. Then again, he made more money when he was playing from Nike sales than he ever made for playing for the Bulls. Yeah, I saw a stat that actually over the course of their careers, by the time they were done, just strictly basketball, Scottie Pippen actually made more money than Michael Jordan did. Just strictly oh, yeah. income from basketball. Yeah, even when you adjust for his baseball year, yeah, Scotty made more money. Yeah. But when you look at how much money Mike made outside of basketball, yeah, not, not even. even close. Yeah. Like he was making a hundred million dollars a year when no one else was outside of, you know, CEOs for banks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of having some money on hand, so just this is more like a personal belief. Not really. You can answer as far as giving advice too, but what are your thoughts on lending money? So lending money to friends, family, anybody. My personal belief and what I've always lived by is I will not lend money to anybody if I can't afford to lose it. So I tend not to lend money to people, but I also tend not to have people come to me and say, can I borrow money? Now, my daughter is only 16, so that might change in the next few years, but my Mm -hmm. answer would probably still be no. But (laughs) we'll see. (laughs) But the few times I have lent money out, I gave it to the person and... The one time I, I gave them money, I forget how much it was. It may have been like a hundred dollars. It wasn't anything big, but I gave them money, closed the door. I told my wife at the time, we're never going to see that money again. And I would see this guy every few days, never brought it up. He never brought it up. And we were neighbors. And right before he moved, he knocked on my door and said, listen, I never want you to think that I forgot about the money here's money. And he was working for the Phillies at the time. He was like, here's three tickets for you to go to an upcoming Phillies game. It's in like a really good section that I would never pay that kind of money for. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, well, thanks. I, I had almost forgotten about the money to be honest, because you know, it's a hundred dollars. I've lost more than that on the Colorado game with Joey Harrington. <laughs> um, <laughs> Just dated myself. Yeah. Uh, but he gave me the money back. And but I've had other friends who've lent money out, and then they get all angry and pissed off. And I'm like, listen, one, you know that friend ain't going to ever pay you back, but you keep lending money to this fool. Like, why? <laughs> yeah, you got you got to just. I mean, to your point, you've got to be prepared to not be paid back if you're going to lend that money. Like if you're right. if you're in financial straight, number one, you shouldn't be lending money to anybody if you yourself are struggling. But I understand, you know, you pull on the heartstrings sometimes. People come to you with a really bad story, and you're just like, oh, okay, here. But yeah, but I'm heartless, I guess, because <laughs> I don't care what the sob story is. I mean, <laughs> so <laughs> just it's just really going to depend on that person. That, do not ask Ty for money ever. Right. Listen, I'm the lender of last resort. I'm like your 401k. Nice. It, it's going to be hard to get money out of me. <laughs> All right. So now, that, that, that transitions to the, the last uh, phrase I'm going to throw at you. So 
it's it's used it actually was a tv show i believe um smart money um so that's the phrase so when somebody says smart money or you think of smart money what, what comes to mind so i think of people who have gotten it into their head that they can use their money to do things for themselves besides buy things you know too often many communities are um how would i put it like conscious of what they look like you know they want to keep up with the joneses it's like i need to have the the newest jordans but i know you and me we've never had jordans true story i mean when they first came out there was no way my mother and father were going to pay a hundred dollars for Nikes, knowing that they could get me a pair of Nikes for twenty dollars. Pay less, and I didn't play too. basketball. Just saying, <laughs> right? Especially with three kids, like, no, nah, it's not going to happen. But I had a, an accountant tell me once. He was like, "When you invest your money, it's almost like the money knows that you're investing because they start telling the other dollars, hey, you need to come over here. Hmm. He's doing good stuff.'" And oh, the okay. next thing you know, those dollars start growing and they're telling the other dollars, hey, this is where the party is. We're doubling up over here. But when you're spending, that money's gone. So bad reviews. Smart on money own. knows what to do with their money and why. You know, scared money don't make money, but smart money makes money, regardless of what's going on in the economy. Gotcha. I like that analogy. It's a party over here. <laughs> Come join me. Yep. You know, it's Taco Tuesday every night in this bank account. Listen, that's a beautiful thing. <laughs> All right. So before uh, we wrap up, why don't you, uh, if you want to, tell people what you got going on, promote yourself. So I'm actually in the process of doing a webinar in a couple of weeks, um, just helping people understand, you know, what should you be doing from an estate planning standpoint you know it's been a rough year for a lot of people a lot of people have passed away have gotten sick you know how do you make sure that you take all those things into consideration and how do you have those conversations with your family you know no one wants to talk about death but sometimes when you do talk about it with family members you are able to have really good conversations with them and so that's really what we've been focusing on. It's like, you know, COVID's out there, but that doesn't mean that you need to stop. You need to actually take this time to talk to your family, talk to your friends. You know, a Zoom happy hour might sound stupid six months ago, but hey, sure now you're like, it lets me see some people I ain't seen in forever. Mm-hmm. You know, I did one with a friend of mine who lives in Germany one that's 20 minutes away and the three of us just hung out and, you know, caught up. Meanwhile, we hadn't all three been together face to face in any way in almost 10 years. Wow. So, you know, it, it, people drift apart, but it's amazing what you can do with technology today. So put that yeah. same level of energy into what you do on a daily basis. You'll be good. Yeah, one of the things I actually talked about earlier uh, was, you know, this whole Corona coping thing where we're, we're just getting quality time with whether it be family at home or friends abroad and, and all over, over the world. Just 
it's it's amazing how Skype and Teams and Gchat and everything else that's popping up, you know, right now is is it's kind of like it's that new world that we're in, you know. Yeah, and you know, Corona coping goes so much broader. It's like I've taken this time to lose weight, you know, and it's not because I have stopped eating junk food or anything like that. I just become more mindful of what I'm eating and really getting to know what my body responds to. And every once in a while, I'll be like, you know what? I'm going to have an old-fashioned day where I just don't care, and I'm just going to eat whatever I want. And then I go to sleep, and I, like, crazy you know, can't sleep, crazy dreams. You're sweating at night, and I'm like, man, my body is still trying to process dinner, and it's gotten so used to having, like, a 600- to 700-calorie dinner or a 1,000-calorie dinner. You have, you know, Maggiano's one night. Whew. Yeah. You're going to be... That'll sit on you. You ain't sleeping right the same. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's good. A cheat yeah. day every once in a while is worth that that one night. But thinking back that, man, it used to be like this every night. <laughs> yeah, ain't trying to go I've back done, to that. One thing I've done a lot, as you clearly know, is make tacos during this uh, time period. But just cooking a lot more in general. Um, I'm very much used to going out and celebrating taco Tuesday and having my margaritas and old fashions at different places and sushi, like I just said, you know, so it's this whole transition has, has really changed the way. I think once everything is, is back to normal, and again, I'm using an air quotes. I think I might just still be home like cooking. Like I just, it just feels normal at this point. Let's talk about that a year from now. Let's see if that's the case. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Two of my favorite place does like a welcome back taco Tuesday thing or something. I'm right out there on my favorite stool. You know, right. we'll but I do have to ask you, you know, you're making all that food. Who's eating it all? Dude, I'm eating it. And I have, you know, I have my, That's a actually, lot I, have my of I have food. my nephew. I have a couple of friends stop by here and there to sample okay. drive bys. Like I drive by and pick up food. No, no, all right. we're not doing, you know, we're not doing sit down dinners. That's for sure. Okay. Cause I was waiting for my response yesterday about Grubhub. And I didn't get a response. Oh, so, missed that one. Yesterday, you was, know, uh, you making all that good food and put it out there. I'm trying to be like, hey, you doing Grubhub, DoorDash? Let me know because I put my order in. Yeah, yeah, I missed that one. So yesterday, in case uh, people were wondering the timing of this recording, yesterday was what I call the, the leap year of Taco Tuesday, which was Taco Tuesday and Cinco de Mayo. So needless to say, I think last time I stopped counting, I had like six margaritas and like seven or eight shots of tequila. So it was it was a party up in here. Is what it was. So, yeah, I definitely missed that comment. Yeah, went a little, right, went a little overboard. And today, so Wednesday is one thing I've started doing during this uh, this this time period. Is Wednesdays is my fast day, so I just liquid all day, water, tea, whatever, and just on Wednesdays. So, needless to say, I had a slow start this morning, and then hungry all day long. So, it, yeah, mm-hmm. I picked a bad day to have a huge drink at night. <laughs> But, Ty, I want to thank you for stepping into Dave's head. I know it's a cloudy, dangerous, confusing place, but I appreciate you jumping on and talking to people about doing better things with their finances. Um, Hopefully we'll have you back after this coronavirus thing is over and we can maybe do some updates. Hey, good people. You may have noticed some cool music playing for this show. That music was provided by DJ Ms. Deluxe. Deluxe represents as one of the top female DJs in Philly. Since 92, she's been spinning in clubs, on the radio, 
and touring around the country. And now is doing big things as a producer and local promoter under the main event Philly. Check her out on Instagram at DJ Ms. Deluxe. That's DJ M Z D E L U X X. And for promotions at the main event Philly. All one word. That's DJ Ms. Deluxe. Doing it since the golden era of music, the 90s, as I like to call it. Thank you for your support and contribution to Dave's Head. All right, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. We are back in Dave's head. And so to close out this episode and every episode going forward, what I'll be doing to close it out is just talking about something that I like to call my grin. And grin is just an acronym that stands for a great reason to be in love with now. And so not every podcast is going to be high and happy and joyful we're going to talk about some tough things too we're going to have some experts on here talking about some tough things but what i want to do no matter how good and positive or bad and negative the topics that we discuss in dave's head i want to end it with a grin and a grin is is one of those words yes it has a meaning it's an acronym but it also is an act it's something that you actually can do and so hopefully the things I talk about in my grin, put an actual literal grin on your face, makes you smile, gives you hope. And so what I'm going to talk about today are high school seniors. Approximately 3.7 million high school seniors are expected to graduate if they haven't already, depending on the state. Some happen really early, some happen late, you know, whatever. Approximately 3.7 million students aren't getting a graduation. They aren't getting to sit in either a hot sun or a hot gymnasium and have their last memories with their students, you know, fellow classmates, their teachers that they liked and didn't like take one more walk down that aisle, that, that <laughs> in that auditorium that used to look so big when they were ninth graders, but now they're 12th graders and now look so small. A lot of high school seniors aren't going to get to enjoy that. And the reason that this makes me grin instead of making me sad is because Facebook, while it contains a lot of noise and a lot of mess, can really, really have a positive, positive, positive light to shine on the world. And so about two weeks ago, this Facebook group was created and I was sent an invite from I couldn't even tell you who. Um, but the name of it is Adopt a High School Senior 2020 dash. Let's celebrate them. I'm going to say that one more time. Adopt a high school senior 2020 dash. Let's celebrate them. Literally created two weeks ago. And as of this very moment, there are over 6,300 members in that group and over 6,000 posts. In two weeks. What's amazing to me and what puts a grin on my face and hopefully yours too, is the purpose of this group. The purpose of the group is to highlight a high school senior or adopt to send a high school senior a token of encouragement and support. And that's a direct quote from that Facebook group. What that entails and what the, the creators of that group envisioned was that for each high school senior that's posted, that three people would adopt that senior. And it would send them a token of encouragement or support, whatever they needed. 
whether it's sending them cash app some money whether it's paypal them some money whether it's sending them a note letting them know that we are here for you we understand that you're going through a tough year and a tough time that we all are going through but it's unprecedented and in many ways unfair to them seniors have worked hard for four years to get through high school 17 18 years of education depending on um you know well not 17 18 but 15 years whatever that time period is i can't remember i'm so old but they've worked hard to get to this point and they don't get that visual in-person celebration culminating the success that they're just beginning that journey they're just beginning high school graduation is kind of like that that mendoza line of okay now you're kind of like an adult now you know even though a lot of high school seniors graduated 17 some to 16 but it's kind of like that you're about to go to college you're going to be on your own right making decisions when to get up when to go to sleep when to party when to drink hopefully after your legal age but we all know what happens in college stays in colleges it was the vegas before vegas okay but they don't get to have that celebratory day where it's all about congratulating and celebrating them many seniors aren't even going to get a graduation party that they deserve and so this group really puts a smile on my face and puts a grin on my face because it shines a positive light and rewards these seniors encourages these seniors provides support for these seniors i personally have sponsored four seniors myself and i haven't haven't even gotten into my godson who's graduating and going off to college next year but he's graduating as well so i'm going to reach out and do some stuff for him too but Again, adopt a high school senior 2020 dash. Let's celebrate them. If you want to warm your heart and you want to put positive light and love out there in the world, go join this group. Go scroll the 6,000. I said at this point, 6,000 posts in two weeks. I promise you, you'll find a senior to sponsor. You'll find a senior to send a token of encouragement to or a token of support to. You'll find one because there are tons of them out there. 3.7 million of them. And if we all get... Every parent of every student graduating high school to join this group and post their child, post their senior. And we get three people to do something, send a word of encouragement, send a token, anything to them. We will make potentially 3.7 million seniors spring and graduation time a little bit easier. Just a little bit easier. So that's my grin for this episode. Adopt a high school senior 2020 dash. Let's celebrate them. For now, that's what's in Dave's head. Until next time, stay happy and healthy. Like I always say, enjoy life because life should be fun. Thank you for listening and take care. <laughs>